forces are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. All right, back here for another day of winning ponies, bringing you some top guests. We had uh, we had great ones last week. We try to have great ones every week. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're not in any of the uh, storm-drenched areas. Not sure how that's going to affect our racing over the weekend. Our guest today, no stranger to the show, Dick Downey. He's the man that wrote the book about the Kentucky Derby. Yes, it's called the Kentucky Derby. Dick Downey's also been a judge in Kentucky. He's a, he's a lawyer. Uh, he puts out the Downey profile prior to the Kentucky Derby every year. And, man, is it thorough. And it's come away with more than its fair share of winners. Anyhow, uh, Dick's going to join us along with Kate and Brader. Now, Kate and Brader, you know, if you've watched any television over the last 20 years, uh, you've caught her at various tracks. I mean, her resume is as long as a New York City phone book. Uh, but both of them are part of the team with Gary West, who was nice enough to join us last week. And, of course, Jenny Reese, who's been lining me up with the guests and sending out all those press releases uh, from the extremely rich uh, Kentucky Downs meet. So uh, Kate and Dick are, are going to... Are, are going to help us kick it off now. Dick's going to kick it off. He's he's the ladies' man. He's uh, going to be taking the uh, ladies' turf and the ladies' sprint. But Caden's going to start with the the Kentucky Downs Juvenile Turf Sprint. Boy, talk about a tough one to handicap. They go right into that big turn at six and a half furlongs. But this is an all stakes pick five, and as you know, they have a very la- low takeout. And uh, if you want to talk about the takeout, moving on to the seventh race, it's only a 14% takeout pick four that that kicks off. So plenty of betting opportunities, again, with those extremely large purses. Every race we're going to handicap tonight is a quarter million or over. Uh, You know, uh, your, your bets will not be lighting up the board and you'll be able to sneak in at a price if you can in fact find the winner now as tough as that's going to be why don't you come on over to winning ponies easy win forms that's right and uh, we've had another good week again you can always go to winningponies.com and check out our recent scores recently concluded del mar it was a $1 place pick all that paid $1,326 on our sheet. And let's not forget beautiful Delaware Park. Just this afternoon, a $0.10 cent super returned $1,265. Not far from uh, where I tend bar. Uh, at Thistledown, a $1 pick three uh, paid $1,391. And going all the way out to the West Coast, in addition to Del Mar, we cover Golden Gate, and just three days ago, a $1 super high five of $1,892. Again, you go to winningponies.com, easy win sheets, easy to get. And again, this program brought to you compliments of Woodbine Entertainment up there where it's always nice north of the border. Okay, so Dick Downey, Kate and Brader, 
We've got uh, great uh, pick fives, picks fours coming up for you. We'll get to that. Let's get some national news. Kentucky Derby winner, always dreaming has been retired to Windstar Farm. I know myself and most of my friends thought, you know, when he didn't come back and do much the rest of that season and, you know, hasn't set the world on fire this season, it wouldn't be long. You, you don't want him to tarnish his reputation uh, too much. Don't forget, he also won the, the Grade 1 Florida Derby in addition to the Kentucky Derby. Uh, he's a son of Bodie Meister, who's uh, uh, pretty hot and who also stands at Windstar. So he'll be joining his daddy there. Uh, Elliot Walden, of course, very high on him because of how fast he was. And he's got the looks, the pedigree, the performance. And uh, some of the times he reeled off were very good. Of course, he, during his uh, career, he was trained by uh, Todd Pletcher. Uh, when he captured the Florida Derby by five links in a stakes debut, uh, he won the fastest time since Alidar in 19. 19- 1978. So uh, he should make a uh, a very good stallion and uh, retired with a record of four two and two from eleven starts, two million four hundred fifteen thousand dollars. And while I don't have the money, I think he'll be attractive to a lot of breeders at twenty five thousand dollars. Also, uh, Grade One winner Sharp Azteca has been retired. It's that time of the year where they start announcing it, especially if they're not going to make it into the Breeders' Cup. A Grade One winning Miler who earned more than two point four million, uh, and uh, the details of his stallion career have not uh, been set in stone yet. He's a five-year-old son of Freud, uh, who won eighteen of seventeen starts. Of course, he won the Grade One Cigar Mile by five and a half lengths over the very fast Mind Your Biscuits. He also captured the Grade Two Kelso at Belmont and was second a half length in the Breeders' Cup Mile. We know that the best studs usually are good milers. And uh, here's one I bet over the season. The grade one winner, Gervin, looks like he's going to Ocala Stud. Uh, he, of course, back in 2017, won the grade one Haskell Invitational State Stakes, and uh, he's going to stand in Ocala. It was just announced today. It just came out. So uh, it looks like uh, he'll, be, he'll be going to help the Florida program out, and uh, he is also uh, going to be joined by Airdrie Studs, Brereton Jones, is, is partnering up on the horse, and he always seems to uh, promote his stallions very well at a very uh, modest price. So uh, Gervin, a horse that uh, I won a little money on and lost a little money on, is retired now with $1.6 million in his pocket. So uh, let's see. Another one that closes out the meet, Drayden Van Dyke, this kid is going places. Uh, he went from six behind in the rider standings to one in front at Del Mar with a record-tying wins. That was back on August 19th, we told you then, and then just held on through the final 11 days and secured his first major Southern California riding championship at the concluded 79th Del Mar summer meeting a really sharp kid uh he overtook defending champion flavian pratt both of these you know drayden van dyke and flavian pratt they're going to be ones to watch for the future uh trainer peter miller uh, said he had no expectations of a third title coming into the meet but the wind started piling up and peter miller took 
home the top spot at Del Mar. All right, before we get on to Kentucky Downs Day here on Winning Ponies, had a lot of great racing over Labor Day weekend. Let's take a look at some of the races that we covered, starting out with Saratoga. It was the Woodward Stakes presented by Naira Betts. And the explosive winner was Yoshida, a Japanese-bred grandson of Sunday Silence, trained by Bill Mott. Bill Mott knows how to bring him up to the big ones. Ran fifth in the four-star, Dave. I think it was just a tease for this one. Moved back to the main track, mile and an eighth. Just exploded wild while late. Joel Rosario was in the saddle. And getting in second was Tom Law's pick, Gunavera. Gets up for the second spot in the Woodard Stakes. All right, lots of action at Saratoga. Let's see if I can get through it in time. I think I can. The Glens Falls Handicap, a grade two, quarter million dollars. And, yeah, who brought home this one? My man, Tom Law. And uh, Tom Law liked Mady Matadori. He picked it at eight to one. Got bet down to four to one. Led into the lane. Got caught and then rebroke. So Lady Montador, who uh, was bred in Kentucky but started her career in France, takes home the Glens Falls over three to two shot Santa Monica. In for third was Danceland. Also at the spa, we had the Grade Three Saranac. This one's for. Three-year-olds going a mile and an eighth, and the winner, a horse we both liked, big standout, Raging Bull. Bred in France, now races exclusively in the United States, and uh, won the Hall of Fame stakes up at Saratoga, and now is a repeat winner at Saratoga with a win in the grade three $300,000 Saranac stakes. We continue the action up the ancient elms and it was the spin away this is a big race for two-year-old fillies and the winner in here sipican harbor came flying late and got up with joel rosario was sent off at 16 to 1 and uh we uh uh it was total upset there son of orb uh came flying late and in the uh, in the second spot, Tom's pick at a long shot at six to one was Restless Rider, and third was Cassie's Dreamer at sixty eight to one. Okay, uh, we'll uh, go now to the following day where we covered the Prioress, a grade two, $250,000. Came away with this one. How about the shipper from Santa Anita? Baffert couldn't do it on Saturday, but on Sunday, Dream Tree stays undefeated in her career. The daughter of Uncle Mo now takes her show on the road from the West Coast. First time on the East, Dream Tree captures the grade two Prioress. She's a three-year-old filly, and in the second spot was Mia Mischief. Okay, we also went to Kentucky Downs. Talking to my friend Gary West. And uh, Gary was great. Pulled his car over on the side of the road and joined us uh, for that. And uh, the one dreamer was the first race that we looked at. And the winner in there was on leave. you got to keep an eye on Florent Giraud. 
and Julian Leparu, there's a mouthful for you, uh, down there at Kentucky Downs. They're tearing it up. This was an interesting horse. Shook McGee, this horse has already made 18 life starts, decides to throw blinkers on and gets the job done in the quarter million dollar one dreamer stakes in the second spot was Remember Mama. Okay, then another one that we looked at on the Rich program uh, was um, the Tourist Mile. And the Tourist Mile, bound for nowhere. We thought this was going to be a long shot, kind of. It was 3-1, got bet down to 95. This was one of Gary West picks on top here when we were doing Winning Ponies last week. But bound for nowhere, got the job done for a good man, Wesley Ward. All right, in the second spot was Great Wide Open and Irish Bread at 18-1. to one. Then at Kentucky Downs, it was the juvenile, $400,000 up for grab. Henley's Joy fought back late. This was a game-gate effort by the son of Kitten's Joy, trained by Mike Maker. Ever heard of that? Threw blinkers on this time and stayed on by a head. Man, those Kitten Joys just love Kentucky Downs. In the second spot was Tracksmith, and third was tragic and the last race that we looked at at kentucky downs was the juvenile phillies going a mile and the winner in there was miss technicality wow what a performance remember this horse miss technicality trained by christophe clement le paru was in the saddle just absolutely blew by him in, in the stretch and got the job done. Remember that name, Miss Technicality. In the second spot was Lights, Camera, Action. And third was City Diva. Okay, well, that is a look at last week's races and the national news. And uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break here. And we come back, we're going to be doing Kentucky Downs Day on Winning Ponies. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. 
The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. All right, and with me, a man that joins me at least once a year and now twice a year. Uh, he's the man that uh, literally wrote the book on the Kentucky Derby because that's the name of his book. He also has the Downey profile leading up to the Kentucky Derby, a fantastic site with a wealth of information about the horses as they come into the run for the roses each year. Dick Downey, uh, the barrister, how are you? I'm fine, John. We just uh, finished up uh, day two here at Kentucky Downs about an hour ago, and we had a little rain here, but uh, for the most part, the rain missed us, and uh, we had a good day here today. Well, I know you're not a meteorologist, but uh, how are we looking 48 hours out for Saturday's card? I haven't looked since this morning. Uh, This morning... There was more than a 50% chance of rain on Saturday, but I haven't looked since this morning. And right now, it's, it, is, it feels like a brisk autumn evening here. That, that, that something has come through here and has cooled things down by about 15 degrees, I would say. Well, I'd welcome that where I am. I can tell you that for sure. We've been in the middle of the heat wave. I think they're setting a record for a number of days over 90. But I digress. You know, Dick Downey is uh, a bit of a historian. And so I'm going to I'm going to throw one at him or I'm going to let him teach you a little something about the land that he is overlooking now from the press box at Kentucky Downs. Can you educate our fans on what this track used to be called and what they used to do there 100 years ago? Well, when the track opened in 1990, it was called Dueling Grounds. It's situated if you look at the southern border of Kentucky, there's a little dimple pointing downward toward Nashville, where there's a straight line, pretty much a straight line otherwise, and the track is located inside that little dimple. And they used to have 
dueling used to be legal in Kentucky after it was outlawed in Tennessee. So people whose honor was offended would come here and, and fight duels. Sam, I believe Sam, uh, I believe um, uh, Jackson, Stonewall Jackson, is reputed to have dueled near here. And um, they used to fight it out the old way. <laughs> Ten paces, turn and shoot, huh? There was a contest to name the track, and it just so happens my best friend from high school, his mom, named, she came up with the name for this track. She worked in the Simpson County Sheriff's Office at the time. Wow. Yeah. That's great. That's great. I, I grew oh, I up like in it. this community, and, and so uh, I, I've, I love this track, and I've, I've been out here every day since for every live racing day except maybe two or three since they started. It is, and I'm tired of telling our listeners that they have to go there and experience it. You could talk about it. You can look at photos. Doesn't matter. You got to walk into the place. You don't know whether you're at Chanty, France, or the State Fair. It's got something for everybody. Well, I heard Corey Johnson, the track president, say today that what they're trying to do is, is it's to make it like. Um, uh, Royal Ascot meets the county fair. Well, there you go. I couldn't have come much closer now, could I? And and that is what you get because you, you could just pick which spot you want to go to. You know, you want to blow some money and go to the clubhouse and have a great dinner. You can do that. You want to go down and walk along the grass and grab a turkey leg. You can do that. Or if you just want to put out a blanket and have a picnic, you can do that. It's fantastic. I'll tell you who was here today, John um, the legendary Roxy Roxborough was here, and uh, I spent the day with him. We're friends. Wow. I spent the day with him and several other guys, and as I don't know if all your listeners are familiar with Roxy, but he pretty much created the modern sports book business in Las Vegas, and um, he, he, he was the pioneer of that field, and he knew what he was doing and uh, formed a business that was very successful. He he lives in Thailand now, and uh, he came up back to the states to come to this to come to this meet today. Well, I you know I I actually uh, had lunch with Roxy years and years ago at uh, at River Downs. Very interesting character. That's back when he was with yeah. the Racing Form. He had his own columns and his own you know betting angles. And then uh, I do remember Vegas, but and I and I. I do recall him going to the Orient, but I wasn't sure where he landed. I don't know. I didn't know if it was Hong Kong or uh, you know, people said he was, you know, making so much money. He's living in a penthouse in a high rise, <laughs> you know, just, you know, <laughs> winning money. He hand lives, over this, he lives uh, about four hours from Bangkok in a town community called Phuket. Uh, it's on the Indian Ocean. Well, with, with this day and age of electronics, he doesn't have to be any one place to make his wagers. That's true. <laughs> it was great well, seeing I, Roxy, and he he loves the sport. He, you know, he loves horse racing. And um, um, uh, Pat Cummings was here with him, wow. and um, um, several other luminaries were in the group. So it was a lot of fun. Well, I'm sure you know it's, and that's why I tell my listeners it, it, it's a place where you gotta go, you gotta see it. it. It's just so unique if you're a horse fan. Well, Dick, I I know you've been real busy co- covering the races today, and you'll probably go home and sleep with the racing form tonight. But I thought I'd throw a couple races at you. I didn't want to put them all on Caton's plate, and uh, I'm, 
hopefully you got a chance to maybe look at two of the ladies' races. Uh, the, the, the seventh race, which is a start of a 14% pick four takeout, okay, is the Kentucky Downs mm-hmm. ladies' turf. Grade three, half a million up for grabs. And uh, kind of an inter- interesting race. Uh, it, and uh, I would hate to be the odds maker down there because, as you see, a lot of times the favorite, like in this race, will be four to one or seven to two. And the two yeah. horses yeah. I'm talking about, yeah, you know, think about it. Uh, I, I forget, Gary West told me, he's like, the favorite's payoff at Kentucky Downs last year, averaged like $12. <laughs> That's not bad for betting favorites. But uh, so anyhow, the two I mentioned, and there are others in here, are I'm Betty G. Uh, Tyler Gaffleone has already won two races, which puts him near the top of the standings at Kentucky Downs. What a consistent horse. 15 lifetime starts, five wins, a second, five thirds. And the other horse that you got to watch out for is Storm the Hill. Coming in from Del Mar, out of the yellow ribbon, where it was only beaten three lengths, and uh, comes in with a nice buyer figure. But the, 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 the key here is Julian Le Peru. These French guys got the handle on Kentucky Downs. So I know I'm throwing this at you quick. I only got about three minutes left, but let's try to get through these two races. Just a little input, Dick. Well, the the two you mentioned, I think, are live horses. A, a horse that last race at Del Mar won the old French stakes today. Next, shares. He was beaten pretty badly at Del Mar. He finished 12, beating eight links there. This horse had hit the board three and three greatest stakes at Santa Anita this year, uh, and I think he 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 really liked uh, the track today. He he won easily. Um, we had a lot of California shippers come in for this meet. That horse is definitely live. I like I'm Betty G. Mike Baker, the trainer, is looking I think for his fourth consecutive training title here at the track. So you can't ever overlook a Mike Baker horse, especially with a record. What uh, will uh, um, the Betty that I'm Betty G has. I think the ten horse Dubara is really interesting. They're running this horse back in yes. seven days. She uh, finished uh, fourth, beating less than a length in the One Dreamer Stakes last Saturday. And uh, the morning line on this horse is fifteen to one, which really surprises me. And I would be shocked if she came if she leaves the gate anywhere close to that to that morning line. Absolutely, I, I agree a, with it. She, she ran she ran a good number in this race last week too. The old dreamer, yeah, she's yeah, going to she fire. runs her race again, but she'll probably win. Well, we'll find out, but don't tell anybody about the odds, Dick, because I'd really like to get that and make it part of my 14% pick four. But this is a radio show. We have to be, uh, you know, uh, transparent, as they say. All right, real quick. I only got about a minute and a half left. Uh, the Kentucky Downs Ladies Sprint. Strange race with the configuration of Kentucky Downs in that these horses will be breaking out of the starting gate and taking a hard left. Lull. Uh, absolutely loves Kentucky Downs and has won $412,000 there. Uh, took this race last year, has the most graded race experience. Brian Hernandez, one of my favorite jocks. Up, oh, I have to say this race goes through her. With And Christopher Clement training. Lull's going to be my best bet on Saturday. I'm definitely on board, all aboard Lull. Um this this uh, filly came into this track last year, and uh, 
I believe she went off in that race as the favorite. Well, no, she didn't. She was three to one, but she was not the favorite. And uh, she won by a couple of lengths. And she really, I was here for the race, and she did it quite easily. So we, she, we know she's a horse for the course. In fact, she's a two for two here at the track. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Well, Dick Downey, I appreciate you greatly being with us on Winning Ponies. Uh, I know you've had a real busy day and you're going to have a busy weekend. Uh, appreciate your time greatly and wish you nothing but the best. I'm glad it sounds like you're having a good time there, Dick. I am. Uh, that's for sure. And uh tell you, uh, I'm, your listeners, um, just keep encouraging them to come here because it, it really is a great experience. I do. Believe me, people think that uh, Corey Johnson's sending me a check every other week, but uh, it is a fantastic place and just a great experience. If you don't make a bet and just walk around the place, if you love horses, you're going to love Kentucky Downs. We've been talking well, with Dick get up, Downey. You, you, can get up close to, you can get up close to the horses here, too. That's a, one of the best parts. It's a great, a great place to bring children because they can really yeah. get up close and see the horses. And I love it, unlike some of the tracks that are being created today. Well, Dick Downey, thanks so much for spending time with us here on Winning Ponies. Wish you the best of luck on Saturday. Thank you, John. You too, buddy. All right. Take care. That was Dick Downey. Now we're getting ready for Kate and Brader. I'm giving her the challenge of three races in this all-stakes pick five. I'm John Engelhart. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com
You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and back with me, a person I've uh, known for probably over 20 years, not that we see each other every week, but just through our passing in the industry, and that is Kate Brader. You, uh, if you've been alive and been looking at a, a television screen for uh, a, a major race somewhere over the last decade, you, Kate will show up on, on your screen. Uh, she uh, does a fantastic job. Uh, she, she's a wonderful presence. I think she's a great ambassador for the sport. She has a super eye for horse flesh. And uh, as a matter of fact, she's with us right now. Kate and Brader, how are you? Oh, John, I'm great and really happy to be talking to you. And we do go way back. It's a, a lot of racetrack miles uh, under our belts. Absolutely. Sad to say my belt size has gotten like four notches wider since <laughs> I first met you. But nonetheless, I'm so old, I don't care now anyhow. But uh, anyhow, so you're down there at Kentucky Downs, a part of a great team uh, with Gary West and Dick Downey. Of course, uh, you got Coach Jenny Reese there sorting everything out for everybody. Uh, how's the feel of the environment down there? You know, it's it's really it's electric, and that's the one thing that um, – I don't know if it comes across on the screen when people are, are tuning in, but there's nothing like being there. It's a very unique racing experience, I think, in this country. It has the, the, the feel and flavor of a county fair, but mixed with the sort of importance of almost like a, a, a Royal Ascot. That's what Corey likes to say anyway, that uh, you go to Royal Ascot, then you got to go to Kentucky Downs. Um, you don't have to wear the dress code uh, top hat, though, or uh, anything else. Uh, it's, it's much more relaxed down to earth uh, there. But the, I, the, And I heard Dick talking about it. The fact that you get so close to the horses is, I think, one of the things that makes it unique. And also, um, you know, you're right there with the crowd. Everybody, the jocks room is right next to the main area where people go for lunch. So you kind of get to interact with everybody in all facets of, of racing. And, and it's a real treat for the fans, especially, you know, and I walk down through the tent and, and talk to everybody and, you know, they just look at it as a real occasion, an opportunity to come out and see a lot of families. And so it's great. Today we had a little bit of rain and it didn't dampen anybody's spirits. There was enthusiasm and excitement and everybody was outside watching the horses. So it was great. Now, the last time I was down there, there was just a small picket fence. The jack's room was basically a double-wide trailer, and outside, all the valets had the ice water and everything set up in a chair with uh, duct tape and the jockey's name there, you know, Calvin Morrell, Julian Leper. Well, it hasn't changed. <laughs> it's exactly like that. <laughs> it, it's and, great. And we still have the chairs, and we still have the, yep, you, the double-wide for the jocks, and the uh, you know, Mike Smith was there today, and he was joking that, um, you know, if it rained too much and we had to take them off the turf, we'd all just flip our lawn chairs around and let them run down the, the road across <laughs> the way. Of course, we wouldn't do that, and it would never come to that, but it is that kind of a, you can just move your chairs wherever you need to, uh, to watch the races or uh, to get the best view. Um, it, it's, it's unlike any other racing venue that I've been to, but I love it. 
Well, what's great is uh, Corey and, and his team, even though it's like Keeneland, you could, you know, open the doors, hit somebody with a frying pan, and they'd come back the next day. Um, they still put on uh, events and stuff. Now, was today the day that Mike Smith was there signing souvenir items? It was, and he, he was raising money as well for, um, I think, horse retirement and, uh, and aftercare as well as, I think, the PDJF. And uh, he signed hundreds and hundreds of uh, sci- uh, posters, beautiful posters of Justify winning the Kentucky Derby. And uh, he was right there with all the fans as well as the jocks and upstairs with us in the, the area where the officials and the, the press are. It's kind of one of the only elevated spots. Um, right on the finish line. So, it, that, you know, and that is kind of part and parcel, too. It was Old Friends Day, so um, money was donated to Thoroughbred Aftercare and especially to Old Friends. They sponsored a bunch of the races. The winner of the Old Friends Stakes it has a permanent or an invitation to retire to Old Friends. So um, That's neat. there's a lot of kind of promotions and events, which is just really cool. That's neat. I'm sure my friend Michael Blowen was there. That guy, when you talk about ambassadors of racing, uh, is right up there on Mount Rushmore. He does a, a great job, and I know that they have an uh, an old friend's uh, section there at Kentucky Downs, uh, yep. which is pretty cool that they have open. I know during the off season, I'm not. Sure, they probably have to lighten up during the racing season. That's pretty cool. Well, listen, man, the the betting down there is just unbelievable. Uh, you know, an all-stakes pick five, a pick four with only 14% takeout. This is great for the better. So let's see if I can't uh, ask you to look at a race for me before we go to our first break, Kate and Brader. And uh, in Kentucky Downs, the Kentucky Downs Juvenile Turf Sprint, it's only worth a half a million. So we <laughs> might draw some nice horses. Uh, field of 11 were, were entered. This is the start of the All-Stakes Pick 5. Uh, I'll tell you what, I, I, I'm probably betting with my heart and word in my head, but I just love Wesley Ward, I love his operation. I love the way he treats the people around him. I love the way that he respects uh, jockeys that aren't necessarily, you know, in the headlines every day, uh, like Julio Garcia and Alvin Jimenez. But he knows they're darn good riders, and I know they're darn good riders. Plus, they're also extremely familiar with his stable. Enough said. Okay, I'm the president of the West Ward Fan Club. <laughs> I think, uh, <laughs> you know, when I think you can put a line through the Ascot race of Moonlight Romance, and you know, if he takes the blinkers off, that means he's been doing something in the morning. West Ward's so sharp. I have a hard time separating Moonlight Romance. May never know who sired by a Ward. Uh, trainee in the day, no nay never, a son of Scat Daddy. I'm really liking those two, and I'm having a hard time throwing out Chattel. Um, Kate and Brader, where does your eye draw in this Kentucky Downs Juvenile Turf Sprint? Well, you know, I I definitely was with you with the as far as the Wesley Board horses. I mean, what, when you talk Moonlight Romance, you're talking about a horse that um, not only was able to break her maiden in only her second start at Belmont, but then uh, went to Royal Ascot and ran there. Now, she didn't fare very well. She actually didn't even get out of the gate. So I'm sort of willing to draw a line through that race and just say, you know, she just didn't handle that 
Kentucky Downs going to be a little bit different atmosphere, but Wesley's also had more time and, in fact, has had opportunity to train at Kentucky Downs, per se, at Kentucky Downs, but a few of the stables do get the opportunity to bring their horses over and at least gallop them over the course and, and train a little bit there to get acclimated. And I know Wesley, I don't know for sure if Moonlight Romance is here, but I do know that Wesley had some horses that he brought here. So that, first off, you know, a little bit of tinkering, tuning, uh, and the fact that she draws toward the outside, which, you know, I think it is type of a race. Given the configuration of the track, the six and a half furlongs, I, I think that gives her an opportunity to kind of settle find where she's at, get her legs underneath her, and then even angle toward the inside if there's opportunity to navigate that turn. So in this case, I actually think the outside is is a good place to be versus sometimes where you prefer not to be um, on the outside. And uh, I think she'll be very tough. I thought um, that the other horse that was I, I think Carter Cat didn't show up in the Skidmore at Saratoga for Steve Asmussen, but ran an awfully good race before that on the main track. I know he hasn't won on the turf, but I, I some of Steve's horses who flattened out a little the second start down there have shown new life since they got back here. And then um, Faraway Kitten, I think, will be a price, but I know it's a big leap, uh, but the pedigree is there for Mike Maker. Um, by Kitten's Joy out of a, a pretty nice mare. And Faraway Kitten is coming off a seven-furlong debut effort on the synthetic at Woodbine, and it was a winning effort. So, I, you know, I think that Mike saw something that he liked about the Colts to take a shot in here. I, I would not let the, the big price dissuade me there. I, I think especially given the day he had and the way he does, I think overall, uh, Maker's Horse has to be respected. You know, I don't know if anybody's done a study on it, but I'd be willing to bet that Kittens Joys had more winners at Kentucky Downs than any other stallion. Well, and I, I would—I think that's probably right. And I also think if you look now across not just the country, but actually the world, you'd be hard-pressed to find a more consistent um, strike rate for a stallion. So, um, especially... When you're looking on the turf, you start with the Kitten's Joy offspring, I think. Okay. Well, Kate, before we go to go to break, I just want to go back to something that you mentioned. And uh, the configuration of the track, people have to realize this is not an oval. It's not an egg-shaped track in any stretch. It's more like a, a, a bent, uh, you know, paper clip. Uh, so it's very interesting that you made that observation that perhaps the outside, because you're kind of swooping, because it, it looks to me on the configuration that that's pretty darn tight going into the first turn at six and a half furlongs. The only turn, obviously, at six and a half furlongs, not to mention the fact that they got to spend the last, what, furlong and a half going uphill? Well, yeah, and that really is the point at which you're starting to, there's not much downhill at that point, you're, you're pretty much more uphill um, than anything for that particular distance. It, it is um, right as you're starting to go into the turn. Well, six and a half furlongs gives you a little bit of distance before you hit that point into the turn. Um, but because it's such a big course, you still have opportunity to kind of um, gauge where you're at 
it's not a sharp move into the turn when you break from the six and a half furlongs as it, it might you might think it is. Now I will say that um, I am thinking that the rail may, might be down on Saturday. Um, the rail's been up till now, and that does make it a little bit more narrow passage through there. But if the rail comes down and they're utilizing the whole course, then you you actually have quite a bit of room to try to get a position and and sort things out. Um, so it's it's one of those, and that's why patience is so important. And for a lot of horses, you know, that have been going downhill, uh, you suddenly hit that proverbial brick wall when you start to go uphill at right. that at that juncture. And uh, I think especially for the two year olds, it can be a tall order. But the the trainers that kind of have success know how to condition their horses going into it, but the horses still have to adjust to it themselves. And for the, the young horses, depends on the build of the horse and the mentality of the horse and the temperament, but you really um, hope that you get a horse that will kind of switch on and off as is needed and as the jockey asks for it, because they know whether it's downhill or uphill and, and where the, what they need to do, but that doesn't always work that way or translate to the horse. Well, thanks for explaining that because uh, it's very interesting in this uh, extremely unique American-European track. We've been talking with Kate and Brader, and we will continue right after we take this break on Winning Ponies. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. If 
All right, and with me, one of the grand ladies of racing, one of the most astute handicappers and observers of the sport, the one and the only, Kate and Bradar. She's down at Kentucky Downs, part of a great team, uh, doing the coverage there for uh, Corey Johnson and everybody involved with the program, uh, giving us insights into the track. Uh, and we're hoping that the rains will stay away uh, this Saturday because there's going to be just some unbelievable betting opportunities and racing to watch at Kentucky Downs. Now, we were just talking about a six and a half furlong race in the uh, the juvenile turf sprint, and now we're going to do the same thing with the uh, the older horses in the turf sprint, and. You know, I handicapped this race, or did my best to, to try to handicap Caton, and at the end, I just wrote a big old headline at the top of my form, wide open. <laughs> That's for sure. You know, there's a couple um, intangibles in this race that um, make it even tougher, but um, I want to let everybody know that the, one of the runners um, already ran, um uh, and then one horse that I thought had a big shot was um, Jazzy Times. Jazzy Times, um, Wes Hawley said today that he's hoping that they make the race, but he suffered a, kind of a minor um, foot issue, and they, they're working and hoping that things work out and that they have enough time to have him in tip-top shape. He won uh, the, the preview race over at Ellis Park for this and is riding a two-race win streak. But so... and. To me, whether or not he's in the race makes a big difference because he, he has some tactical speed, and I think he's capable of being very tough um, if he makes the race. But um, if he doesn't, Master Marion for Wesley Ward ran today. Wesley still has Undrafted in there, and uh, Undrafted is a horse who is still looking for the winner's circle at Kentucky Downs and has been, um, it's not fair to say off form because he's only run twice this year, but um, maybe not quite as good. We haven't seen as good a performance from him this year or lately as we did in the past, but on his best day is just a very, very classy horse. Um, I thought that there wasn't as much speed in this race, especially if Jazzy Times comes out and with Master Marion not in there, that maybe it lends itself to a horse uh, who's tactical, who's a little closer to the pace. Um, but, you know... I do like Conquest Panthera quite a bit because he's coming out of longer distance route races, and even though he's not necessarily a speed horse, um, he can kind of adjust. He, he, he has shown different types of running styles. But I love Kentucky Downs. You, you don't play for the horse that's a six-and-a-half furlong specialist to run six-and-a-half furlongs. I think you look for the horse that runs a little bit longer distances that's cutting back. Um, uh-huh. You know, when you talk about good milers in general – you actually want to be a horse that is maybe a little better at a little beyond a mile <laughs> when they're running at Kentucky Downs because of the undulations and the nature of the course. Um, so Conquest Panthera, I'm hoping this won't prove too short for him, is coming out of longer races, has um, some versatility to his running style. He hasn't hit the winner's circle in a long time, but I'm, I'm thinking maybe right at six and a half furlongs could just be perfect for him. Um, so he's... To me, a top contender, Vici, just won an allowance race on opening day. So he's coming back on a week's rest. You don't really know what to do with him, but you know he likes the course. At least he liked it when it was firm, and he's run some decent races on softer ground. 
Um, that's Mike Maker and Jose Ortiz teaming up. And, uh, you know, if, if you are looking for the, the horse that's the most tactical, it might be the 10, the Niacal, toward the outs, or toward the outside with some speed. Another Mike Maker horse going to be overlooked in terms of the other horses in here. He's 15 to one on the morning line, but you know, he was right behind Jazzy Times in the prep at Ellis Park. Um, he's won a third of his starts lifetime. He rarely runs a bad race. So uh, Flavian Pratt is going to be in from California riding him. You mentioned the the, the French jockey influence. Uh, you can put Pratt in there with Leperu and Giroux as well. Um, certainly did uh, well last year when he rode here. So this one, very, very tough, great betting race. You're right on the money when you said uh, it that. It's deep. <laughs> Even a done deal to the outside. I was chatting with Chris Landeros about this horse, and you know, he he mentioned that he thought he might be even better on the turf, and he's run some huge races on on both surfaces, really. But he might be one that would benefit from some give in the ground as well. And he's got some speed to the outside, but is also a bit tactical. Um, you know, I. Uh you're the way you look at things just opens my eyes you know but uh, again uh, undrafted Wesley Ward uh, the thing is he's eight you know time might be wearing a little bit on him but uh, he just missed last year as a seven-year-old in here you know by a half a length at, at odds of four to one that probably made him the the second favorite uh, I definitely uh, like your comments on, on Vicky if that's how you pronounce it uh, it's not often you see a horse get claimed off Claiborne but uh, you know excellent uh, grass pedigree and Mike Maker's uh, pretty pretty sharp so it, it'll be interesting to see how everything ferrets out but there's definitely going to be a price coming out of the kentucky downs turf sprint all right two minutes to post katen let me put your feet to the fire in one of the fullest fields <laughs> of the day a mile and a half something these horses don't do every day on the turf the calumet farm kentucky turf got some big names here including a horse that loves kentucky downs oscar nominated yeah he's a true horse for course and i, I guess you know, kind of leads a contingent of horses for Mike Maker. It's very hard to look past him in this race. I, I think he's classy. Although, you know, one thing, especially from a betting standpoint, if you look, there are horses that he has run well with. He is probably the favored, I would think. He's 7-2 to two on the morning line. And there are other horses who have been very competitive with him that are going to be much bigger odds. Now, I... I Start the conversation with Oscar nominated for sure. Um, going to be definitely prominent in my selections in the discussion about the race. But if you talk about him, you have to consider a horse like Bigger Picture, who actually yes. beat him at one point, stable mate with uh, Tyler Gaffleyone riding. Um, Bigger Picture's been a little off form. He didn't show anything in the sword dancer, but he can run well with some give in the ground. So if we do get the weather everybody's talking about, I actually think it helps bigger picture. Um, and he's been knocking on the door in some big races. So I, I, I think you, you have to consider him. He's going to be a better price than a stable mate. Um, Nessie is a horse who actually finished in front of uh, Oscar nominated. And they've kind of traded barbs back and forth. But the distance is good for him. And, uh, you know, he's going to be huge odds. So I... You know, I think this is another one of those races that's not as easy as you might think um, when you first look at it. Uh, 
Manitoulin is the horse who, I mean, he didn't show anything in the bowling green on soft ground, um, but has has run some big races with some very nice horses. I mean, he's a grade two winner at Del Mar. He won the Hollywood Turf Cup last year. And, uh, you know, he he's a horse that you can't not at least consider. So I love this race, though. The mile and a half kind of separates a lot of horses. I think Maker has will have five in there when it's all said and done. Um, and uh, I, I think you got to respect all of them. Well, Kate, and I respect you to the utmost, but my, also my producer who says he's going to drop me here in 10 seconds, so i got to let you go. Thanks to Kate and Brader. Thanks to Dick Downey. Thanks to all you listeners of Winning Ponies, and thanks so much to Woodbine for sponsoring this show. I'm John Engelhart. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.